Hi, and welcome to Les Bon Mots, a podcast about language learning by ACA, a language training school based in Quebec, Canada. This podcast is designed for people who are learning languages, and each episode will cover a different topic connected to language learning. This week, we're bringing you the second episode in a short series of episodes about the evolution of the English language. How is it changing? We'll look at new words, changes in how we talk about professions and pronouns, and changes taking place in grammar and how technology is affecting our language. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Britta Potion Reader, and I've been teaching English as a second language for over 10 years, and I'm learning French and Spanish. Language is my passion. This week, I'm joined by my guest host and colleague, Johnson Bresnik. Johnson is the Director of Learning and Development at ACA and has worked at ACA since 2011. He has taught ESL and had extensive experience in curriculum development. He has a background in linguistics and is currently researching acquisition of grammar in second language learners. We're going to be talking about how we talk about professions, a topic that is important because this is an evolving category of English vocabulary. Let's get started. Johnson, thanks for joining me once again on Les Bons Mots. It's a pleasure to be making this series on the evolution of English language with you. Thank you for having me back, Britta. I enjoy our uh, recordings here. Whenever we talk about the evolution of language, we should probably start with how we used to use English. And in this case, we're talking specifically about professions. So in the past, in English, your name often came from maybe an interesting place. So what would it mean if my family name is Baker? If your family name was Baker, it probably means that your relatives, your ancestors were bakers. They were people who made bread in the town or in the city where they were from. Mm -hmm. And we have some other examples. The family name Taylor probably had an ancestor who made clothes, somebody who has the family name Smith, which is a really common English family name, may have had a metal worker in their family ancestry. One that's kind of interesting and that I only found out about recently is the family name Cooper. Johnson, what do Coopers have in their ancestry? Coopers, this is an interesting one. They were barrel makers. So it was when barrels were a major method of storing goods because there were no containers or Tupperware back then. And so the, the Coopers were the ones who made the containers or the barrels to store items. When we think about professions, they were a source of our identity in a way. That was how we differentiated one John from another John would be by their profession. Yeah. John Taylor versus John Smith. And he could have been John Blacksmith or John Metalsmith, depending on what type of material he worked with. Absolutely. At that time, a lot of professions were male-dominated. And in a lot of cases, women were working inside of the home and men working outside of it. And that's really influenced how we speak about professions in the last 100 years, hasn't it? It has. It's something that has influenced our language and influenced the way we name things and the way we talk about things. I have a quick question for you, Britta, though. Okay. One of my colleagues wants to know about the origin of last names. Does that mean your ancestors, the potion readers, were they witches? 
<laughs> I can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to figure this out. It's a very, very strange family name. And pretty much anyone with my family name is related reasonably closely to me. So there are not many, many, many potion readers. It's a German family name. Okay. And as to what exactly it means, my grandfather, who's the one who passed it down to me, wasn't able to tell me exactly the guess that he had, and this was not an educated guess, this was just a guess guess, was that it might have meant something like people of the reeds. So I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't want to be the swamp monster or something like right, that, yeah. but, uh, but perhaps we came from swampy areas. I'm not sure. Okay. And Bresnik, do you know the origin of that name? Is it connected to a profession? It's not connected to a profession. I believe it comes from an Eastern European word that means birch forest. So it's more the origin of the people. They were from the forest, like in French, where you would have de la forêt, or um, I think the equivalent in French of my name, Bresnik, is boulet, which is the birch tree forest, the boulot. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Or like uh, Beauchamp, like the beautiful. Exactly. Field. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. Du Jardin, people from the garden. So I'm, I, my name has that type of origin where you're from the garden or from the forest or from the mountain, for example. So I'm from the marsh, potentially, and you're from the birch forest. Yeah. I know whose name origin I like a little bit better. And spoiler <laughs> alert, it's not mine. <laughs> So when we think a little bit about the names for professions, we used to see a lot of professional names that were words like fireman, policeman, or mailman, because as we mentioned, a lot of professions were historically male-dominated, so man became part of the job title. But that all began to change in the 1960s when we had in North America and in many parts of the world, a big social and cultural revolution and a move towards more gender equality. Could you tell us a little bit about what began to happen with profession names? So the profession names that were traditionally male, they started to become more inclusive because the people who were performing these jobs, they weren't specifically men, and they didn't want to be called man because that wasn't representative. So it led to a lot of changes in job names. For example, fireman became firefighter, policeman became police officer, a mailman, you can hear them being called a mail carrier or a letter carrier. You'll even have repairman that will change and become a technician. So all of these names will become more inclusive, more gender neutral in order to accommodate those changes and represent those changes that we have gone through in our society and in our culture. And we can think also about the word representative. That's sort of become a replacement for man in a number of job titles, hasn't it? It has. Originally, we had a salesman, for example, which became a sales representative or a sales rep short. You would have a spokesman, which is gendered male. You would have a spokeswoman, which is gendered female, which you can also call a representative or neutrally you can call a spokesperson. One way or another, the replacing of the word man can be changed to either be more inclusive or gender neutral. And that sometimes results in a different word. Representative, I hear a lot too, also to describe customer service representatives or customer support representatives. That's 
something that's very common for a lot of professions. We have this word representative used there as well. And often, as you mentioned, shortened to rep. Mm -hmm. So that's the first way that names have changed is by replacing the word man with something different. And then there's another way that job names have changed, and that's by dropping the word man altogether. So what would be some examples of that? So we can take a word that originally was gendered or was not inclusive, like chairman, uh, the chairman of the board, and we can just drop the man altogether. And in some companies, it's known as a chair, but you can also use a chairperson. And that's not universal. There's a choice that is made. I've even heard of some women electing to use a different title for chair or for chairman. What do you think about that, Britta? I know that uh, some have used Madam Chairman, for example. Mm -hmm. So taking the word chairman, but applying Madam as a prefix to the title. So I think it's a case where we see that we haven't completely settled on the best equivalent. And so people are customizing it for their own situation. So it's something that's still in flux. Mm -hmm. We haven't really settled on it yet. Do you think that that title, the Madam Chairman, is something that's more of a, a legal issue or a political issue where there's maybe documents that refer to the chairman legally, and there are binding documents that talk about who the chairman is and what their responsibilities are. And so they can't necessarily change the title for political reasons, but they can make it more inclusive by saying, well, it's not a chairman, it's a madam chairman. It's entirely possible. I think it would depend on the organization and, and the individuals concerned exactly mm -hmm. why they're choosing one title over the other. But it definitely is something that's in flux. And the other thing, Johnson, that this makes me think about is that sometimes changes are proposed and don't really become widely accepted. So I'm thinking here about the example of fishermen. Mm -hmm. I don't see that the proposed word fisher has made it into broad usage yet. I still see in a lot of media coverage, the word fisherman used to describe people who catch fish as their profession. Mm -hmm. And that might be because the gender neutral or the inclusive term maybe feels like it's missing something because you have the fisherman or kind of the person who hunts for fish and it's missing that end word where you'd have a policeman, you'd call them a police officer, a fireman, you call them a firefighter, and a fisherman, just to call them a fisher, it sounds like it's maybe missing something just in you know the way it rolls off your tongue. Not to say that it's a bad alternative, but that might be one of the reasons why it hasn't become as popularized as other terms. And this makes me think of a favorite meme of mine where you have a list of gender neutral terms and the solution is just to add the word fighter to the end of them. So you have a fireman becomes a firefighter, you have a policeman becomes a police fighter, and you have a fisherman becomes a fisher fighter. And I think it's a funny meme because it takes for light that creating a gender neutral or an inclusive word is as easy as changing the affix on the end of that word and just adding fighter to anything. I'm going to see if I can find that meme and I'll link it in the show notes if I'm successful. We've talked about what's happened when women have joined the ranks of traditionally male professions, but we have some other phenomena that happen as men have also joined traditionally female professions. So we could think about the people who took care of passengers 
on airplanes, providing food, taking care of passenger comfort, for example, were called stewardesses in the early part of the 20th century or the first half of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Male stewardesses or men who worked in this profession were called stewards, although it was much, much less common. Mm-hmm. But we've moved to a completely different job title rather than using steward and stewardess. What would be the more modern titles that we could expect to see in a job posting, for example? So it would be a flight attendant, someone who works on an airplane, who deals in customer service to replace those words, the steward and the stewardess. And this is a very interesting example because it's one where the shift is kind of against the grain, where it was that female-dominated role. And so many people don't even realize that there is a male equivalent, which is the steward. And it's very interesting to see or hear people say, oh, a male stewardess. And when we think about using the word male as an adjective for jobs, of course, that makes me think of the phenomenon that I hear from time to time. He's a male nurse. Is nurse a gendered job title in English? That's a good question. I mean, if we travel back in time when the nursing profession emerged, when it was, you know, they were doing uh, running training in the 1860s. The training was offered to women at uh, Florence Nightingale School, and it was a predominantly female profession through much of the 20th century. But later in the part of the 20th century, men began to join the ranks of the profession, and we started calling them male nurses or even uh, nurses with an M, which isn't really popular, hasn't caught on too much. But I think the term nurse is gender neutral, and nurse includes everyone. And we see a similar story with the word midwife. Although the word wife is part of the word, this is a reference to the Middle English word woman. So we're going back many hundreds of years to get to the word wife, which doesn't mean necessarily a married woman, but at that time meant a woman. However, in modern times, we don't change the word midwife to reflect whether a midwife is male or female, we can just use the same title, midwife, to describe them. I wonder why we want to show that the members of these professions are men. It's kind of a curious phenomenon, and I don't have an answer. I'm not a sociologist, but I do ponder about it. Do you have any ideas about it, Johnson? Well, I think it's important to be inclusive as possible. And, you know, in it's 2021, we're not in a binary society. It's not just one gender, and it's not just two genders. We have people who identify different ways. And I think it's really important to include everyone and to not single people out. Because as soon as we gender a profession, as soon as we make something exclusive, that means we are excluding people. And you know, it's something very easy to change. I think it's something that we can adapt and we can move forward. And language evolves. And I think we're part of how it evolves. We move forward with these changes and we ask questions, you know, is the way I'm speaking inclusive? Does it include everyone who I want to refer to? Um, So I think that's really important. We don't want to be harmful, these gendered professions. We want to be neutral and we want to be inclusive. And for companies as well, that's really important when they're posting jobs, for example, or when they're assigning people job titles, they want to be able to attract the widest array of applicants possible. And that's where 
a neutral job title is inviting to any talented person to apply for that job. So I think this is partly why these more inclusive job titles have caught on so well in the professional world. As you say, it invites everyone to mm-hmm. be a part of an organization. Of course, we've talked about some of the job titles which have changed over time, particularly in the last 50 or so years in the English language in order to become more inclusive. But we already have a large subset of names which were originally gender inclusive and continue to be gender inclusive. And so we haven't had to change these words. What are some of the job titles that fit this description? So we have some of the professions, for example, a lawyer, a teacher, a doctor. These are all gender neutral. So those words that end in ER or OR, for example, author, writer, we have words that end in IST, journalist, scientist, for example. Those are all neutral terms. They include all people. They don't exclude anyone. Mm-hmm. And this is a contrast to other languages like Spanish, for example, where a male doctor would be called doctor and a female doctor would be called doctora. And we would also see it even in the abbreviations DR for the male doctor and DRA for doctora. This is a feature that is a little bit unique to English. We don't need to change the suffix for for those particular professions. What about for French? It's the same thing with some professions. So you'll have a a director, for example, which in French would be a directeur or a directrice if it's female. Whereas we just say director. We also have words like manager that don't change. We don't say manageress. And then there are some exceptions, for example, in the service industry, where we have waiter and waitress. It's a word that ends in ER, and it becomes feminine, but we have adopted to use a more gender-neutral term like server. And we see a different kind of change when we look at the word actress, because that's also another word that's been going through some evolution. Have you noticed some changes in how people talk about themselves when this is their profession? Yeah, I think it's a personal choice. I think it makes a difference what country you work in as well, because I know that both titles exist, but there are many actresses or there are many female actors who refer to themselves as actors simply. So they've adopted that gender neutral form. Instead of saying that actors can only be male, they have started taking over that term and saying, well, no, that includes females. So instead of historically where we would have an actor and an actress, change has shifted towards actor being the all-inclusive term. This is really a little bit different from waiter and waitress, where we replaced with server, actor and actress. We have female actors using that title of actor rather than actress. So it's interesting how these words are evolving differently. And as you mentioned, Johnson, not everyone is using the term actor if they are female. Some are still using actress, but we do start to see the change happening in organizations. So for example, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which are often abbreviated to the SAG Awards in English, now offer Best Male Actor and Best Female Actor as the names of these prizes. So instead of Best Actor and Best Actress, Mm -hmm. Best Male Actor, Best Female Actor. There's one more profession, Johnson, I think we should sneak in because this is one that I often hear 
my Francophone students producing when they're translating from French into English to describe a particular job. And this is the word barman. Do you call the person who makes your drinks a barman? <laughs> no, actually. And this is one that growing up as an English speaker, I didn't ever hear the word barman and barmaid. And I never knew that it was a gendered term because I grew up with bartender. So in my upbringing and in my language acquisition path, I only ever knew a gender neutral term, which was a tender, a very popular term in Canada and the US. It wasn't until I came to Quebec that I realized that there was actually an origin to that word. There were two gendered terms, a bar maid and a bar man. And I believe it's popular in other areas of the English speaking world. I heard barman when I was traveling in Australia and I was a little bit surprised because previous to that, like you, I had grown up with bartender mm -hmm. growing up in Canada and never even thought about it. But when we look at a language like English, where there were many colonies, Canada being one of those colonies, the language evolved in a different way in England, in Canada, in Australia, which are all very geographically distant from each other and didn't have mm -hmm. easy methods of communication during the early days of the colonies. So the language started to change and really evolve. Mm -hmm. So I guess, Johnson, this is something that we can recommend that our learners keep their eyes out for, and that is those time capsule words, I guess we could call them, that entered our language from another language, but maybe they're not exactly the term that we use anymore. Exactly. Like when you're thinking, oh, you know the term barman and barmaid works in French, so it must work in English because it's an English word, you might be surprised to hear that we don't use those terms anymore, and we have a different word to be more gender inclusive. So it's just something to watch out for that the language is evolving and that you know terms we use one day may become privileged over other terms, may adapt and may change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, languages are living things. So that's excellent advice. Thanks, Johnson. Johnson, as you know, every week we like to recommend our listeners check out some type of language learning resource or something interesting in English, which they can uh, engage with in the week. What would you suggest this week? So my suggestion is in line with being more gender inclusive, being more gender neutral. It's one of my favorite sketch comedy shows. It's Baroness Von Sketch, which is a CBC show. Have you watched it? Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I have watched it. I have laughed very hard. <laughs> it's a very funny show. I didn't know comedy could be so funny. It's four amazing women. They do multiple sketches. They recreate situations at work, at home, and they tackle these everyday subjects with humor, with awkwardness. And one of my favorite takeaways from the show is one of their sketches where one of the employees is trying to be more gender neutral and trying to influence her boss to be more gender inclusive because the boss keeps repeating the words manpower, which is a very common word in business. When you need uh, many people to do a job, you say you need a lot of manpower. And she keeps muttering under her breath, human resources, which is the gender neutral way to refer to the workforce. So I, I laugh every time I think about this episode because it, it's a very modern sketch comedy. And the fact that it's starring four very talented, very funny women 
just allows kind of the the subjects to be a little bit more pointed and take a poke at the way we use language and how we should be using language to be more inclusive, to be more gender neutral. And I think that's really important. And I think the show does a really good job of capturing that. I strongly agree with your recommendation, Johnson. And I'll try to find a couple of sketches that I can link to in the episode notes if people want to click through and get a taste for the humor. But it's hysterical. Some of the sketches I've laughed until I literally have tears coming out (laughs) of my eyes. So I definitely second your recommendation. My recommendation is also really interesting one. Because we're talking about gendered professions, I want to recommend a podcast called The History Chicks. This is not a dry, dull history lesson. These are two women who do an excellent job of researching interesting and important women, some of the figures that we maybe don't know a lot about, or we may have a lot of misinformation about. I started with the episodes on Catherine the Great, Mm -hmm. and those were fantastic. I really think they were interesting because she's someone who history has a lot of misconceptions about. So to find out really who she was in a more three-dimensional way was excellent. So it's more herstory than history. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds like a great recommendation. I'll be sure to check it out. Johnson, thanks for joining me again. I'm so excited to be working on this, this series with you. So I appreciate you talking with me about professions. Thanks for having me, Britta. I'll see you in the next episode of our series. Sounds good. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Les Bon Mots. Come visit us on our website at lesbonmots.ca. We have a lot of content on our blog where we post regularly about news, culture, and language learning, and you can find our language learning videos linked there as well. Do you have any questions or suggestions? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at lesbonmots at lesateliers.ca or find us on Facebook and Instagram at lesateliers.ca. Reach out to us if you're interested in learning more about our language training programs or if you want to talk to us about ways in which you can improve your skills. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts to help other language learners find us. Thanks again, and happy practicing.